This is Geek Gab with your host, Darnall and me, Daddy Warpig. We are back. Geek Gab for Saturday, January 15th, 2022. It's, uh, wow, it sure is another 2020 year. It's off to a rollicking great start. We've got ups. We've got downs. Um, we've did got you hear what happened yesterday? What happened yesterday? No, obviously not. Uh, there's a huge, and I mean gargantuan, uh, like a fifth of the size of Australia volcanic explosion near the island of Tonga. No. Yeah. How did? How have I not? I mean, heard I'm sorry to. Sorry to launch the show with like downer news so you know prayers for everybody on tonga and all the other islands there was massive tsunami that uh washed over the islands and stuff it was just just the looking at it they did a lot of satellite views and stuff it was unbelievably monumentally massive and uh then people obviously on the island were doing cell phone videos and uploading them and stuff because you know hey it's the modern world uh just 2022 saying hi <laughs> letting you know what kind of year you're in for <laughs> yeah you think you uh, thought... <laughs> and if you thought that uh this was just getting the tragedies out of the way early in the year you haven't been paying attention yeah it, it it's it 2022 is just this is just a calling card this is just 2022 saying hey you know you thought uh thought we were letting up after 2020 and 21 or 22 nope <laughs> nope we're you know what going. my theory is, is right I, I i think we can trace this all back to 2015 you know my theory right no i I knew, or was it 2016? It was 2016, I believe. 2016, was I knew. Harambe? No, no. Harambe, Harambe might have been the trigger. For me, it was when the Cubs won the World Series. That was it. Because oh. we were in an election year, uh, and, and the candidates were infamously, uh, are infamous and unpopular, right? And as soon as I heard the Cubs won, I was like, oh, crap. Uh we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a crazy election that the, the world is never gonna be the same. Other people trace that back to Harambe, though. Here we here's we gotta get it. We're gonna say hi to the chat. Uh, Fiona Wolf, dropping in. Good to see you. My mission to mute more pop cult continues. Twenty twenty two resolution is to keep promoting indies that's awesome that's one of the things we're here for i love all the indie authors the way you guys are banding together and promoting each other i think it's good i think it's healthy well it's not like anyone else is going to do it <laughs> <laughs> that's true that was one of the uh the uh hard things about um going indie is when everybody sort of recognized oh i've got to be my own marketing department i've got to be my own uh, everything else 
<laughs> well, since, uh, since Daddy Warpig's lost connection, I'll uh, take this opportunity to welcome you back to the show. We've got Declan Finn, independent author of uh, the St. Tommy NYPD book series, and uh, you also have a vampire series. Uh, I, I don't remember the name, but uh, you're also here because uh, you're doing your thing, and you've got new books out. So welcome back to the show. Thank you. And uh, you're probably thinking of the Love at First Bite series. Is that what it's called, Love at First oh. Bite? Yeah, I had to come up with some title, and it's like, yeah, well, nobody's been using this since George, the George Hamilton movie, so I'll take it. Done. That's a, and I mean no offense, but that's a, that's my style. That's a, you might as well have have called it low hanging fruit. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's it's fair. DW, you have reconnected. What's up, man? His reconnection was only half successful. Okay. He's probably throwing his his uh, devices across the room. <laughs> um. So tell me, Declan. Speaking of uh, the 2020s, what's new with you? How have you been? Well, I've been keeping busy. Uh, it's thankfully I've been very productive, especially in the last two years. I can't imagine why there have been fewer distractions all around. Mm. Um, and thankfully, everyone has been talking about this wonderful new invention, working from home. My response is, nothing changes. I'm a writer. Uh, you know, uh, hell, there was this even this new fad for a few minutes called social distancing. And my response was, what's social distancing? I'm a writer. I do that already. <laughs> um, so very little has changed on my end. Uh, aside from this urge to spontaneously, you know, commit assault and battery, but I live in New York. That's kind of a intermittent feeling all the time. Isn't uh, that like a, a rite of passage in the city? Uh, if either to to give or receive an assault or, yeah. or a mugging. Well, not that I know of. I, I've I've never had to assault anybody, and nobody's mugged me since well high school. Uh, Okay, no, no, I, I did take a swing at somebody once. He was surprised, and he didn't kill me, so we both won. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> and, frankly, it didn't used to be a rite of passage. Hasn't been since, you know, the early 90s, but things have gotten weirder. And we started pretty damn weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. My memory uh, my memory goes from way back to the 90s. Um I, I was born in 1980, so the the New York in my mind is the like just coming out of the 80s where New York just recovered from horrible crime waves and everything. Well, the 80s are back. Oh, I'm That's... sorry to hear that. <laughs> yeah, well, we will live with it, or will the entire city will burn down? I'm just hoping it'll be located to Manhattan because screw those guys. <laughs> no, sorry, every time somebody talks about how horrible New York is, I have to explain that Manhattan is not New York City. It's literally one-fifth. Yep. Frankly, you throw the Bronx in two and you got a deal. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know how we got on that. <laughs> well, uh, to Matthew Martin's point in the comments, uh, no, the 
I'm not sure if it's the 70s or the 80s yet. We're, we're, we're you know, we're still cycling through the 80s. The 70s, we're not here yet. When, uh, when the Bronx starts burning, then we'll be back in the 70s. That's crazy. Yeah, well, we haven't exactly been known for sane. Uh, heck, I make it a running gag in my, uh, in, in fact, both my vampire series and my St. Tommy series. It's like, yeah, something crazy just happened. It's This is New York. Would you like to be more specific? Yeah. You know, and right now I'm actually working on a sequel to the vampire series uh, called Honeymoon from Hell. It's going to be self-published later this year when I'm done writing it. I'm currently posting it on my Patreon because just because. And, uh, you know, the first stop is Chicago. And one of my main characters is such a New York chauvinist, he keeps bitching about, of course they call it the second city. Everything's a Xerox of New York. I didn't know the character was this much of a chauvinist before about cities, not about male or female. It's like, Dear God, will you shut up? <laughs> you know, there are some characters I want to gag for. Yeah, and and those are the characters that uh, end up speaking to you because you've uh, they develop to a certain point where they just come right onto the page, and you're like, no, come on, don't do that. Oh yeah, that's the bulk of the characters I've written. Um, you mentioned the Saint Tommy NYPD series, and that was actually my first series for which. I wrote an outline. Everything else I've ever written, I developed the cameras, I ca developed the characters, wind them up, drop them into a situation, and the book writes itself. Mm. Oh, the sort of a, that gives me a Quentin Tarantino echo where, uh, you know, his some of his most famous movies are just a few quirky or interesting characters put in a crazy situation like Reservoir Dogs. Although I gotta tell you that from that description, I think you just narrowed it down to everything Quentin Tarantino's done. Yeah, yep, I wasn't gonna slam him, but it's true. No, but hey, there's nothing wrong with that. If it works, it works. Mm, sure you know, does. You know, there are sometimes it's just a matter of the formula doesn't mix with certain situations. I personally could not get through Inglorious Bastards for one. Really? Oh. Was yeah, the uh, what, what was it that uh, that turned you off? I'm gonna well, guess uh, a well, lot of well, people didn't like the ahistorical nature of it. I'm not even sure I got to the ahistorical nature of it. They were just spending so much time with the uh, bloody Nazis hunting down Jews. It's like, okay, we get it. Terry, they're bad guys. Yeah, it's like, hi, Quentin. I love you, Booby. I like you. You're weird, but no. <laughs> Please, can we move on? Got it. Uh, while we're on that topic, it's not even uh, close to my favorite. I think his latest was his best. He could retire now. The Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was great. Oh, yes. Didn't he say he's going to re either retire soon or retire after his next one? Mm, I don't recall. All right. I, it's... Sorry, it's a half-remembered headline in the back of my head. It's like, gee, I could follow Hollywood or I can get stuff done. I prefer to get stuff done. Yeah, I hear you. Speaking of, is, is DW's mic working now? Uh, it wasn't my mic. It was 
the streaming of sound, both you and Declan sounded like, um, <laughs> sounded like Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> but so slow i literally could not understand you and i'm like you know what i'm gonna have to reboot my phone <laughs> yeah i have this sudden urge to break out into ho 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 rigby <laughs> solo on the wookie anyway <laughs> so uh well Glad you're back. Me and Declan were catching up. Uh, so Am I back? you've been really, you are back. Awesome. You are well, really back. Well, I said back. I would be. We can even hear you. Uh, man, there were some things I was even going to talk about before things went sideways, but you know, okay. hey, hey, we've we've turned them right side up. What's on your mind? Oh, no, I fried my, I was, I wasted all my energy fixing problems. I just, we'll have to talk about them some other week. It's D and D it'll keep. It's D and D it'll keep. D and D is not going away. Been here since the seventies. Um, there's a really crazy crossover between indie authors and, and D and D players. Did you guys really notice that? Uh, now that I'm off of Twitter, it's uh, it's more apparent to me. I haven't noticed a whole bunch of it. I, I've seen it come up a few times, uh, mostly with Jeffro Johnson. But uh, to be honest, no. But then again, Twitter keeps trying to shove more politics in my face than I ever wanted to. So I just keep going down, going, block this subject, block that subject, mm. block this subject. Can you pl guys please get me to normal people now? Like, no, it's Twitter. None of us are normal. <laughs> That's right. Welcome to the internet. There's a line from the 1988 Bat or 1989 Batman. Uh, this isn't a city for normal people. They'd be happier someplace else. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. And hell, even 1989, Batman is coming back. Something about Michael Keaton having a career again. I kind of got caught half of it, but it's like, oh, wait, it's the DCEU. I don't care. Moving right along. That's right. They're doing the Spider-Verse thing with the DC. Oh, what? that's dreadful. I don't want to talk about cape shit anymore. Yeah. Daddy Warper, can we ban cape shit on, on the beginning <laughs> now? On? Well, the, the only way it stuff? gets banned is if I, if I you know don't go watch it, which is not actually that unusual recently. I mean, I don't know if the audience has noticed, but I didn't go see Black Widow. I didn't go see Shang-Chi. I didn't go see The Eternals. I haven't watched Hawkeye. I mean, You've missed. Is, we didn't make a big announcement of it, and I wasn't making like a big, you know, moral stand on it. I just was, and I can watch all of them right now on Disney Plus for no extra money than I'm already paying. And I'm just haven't been interested in watching them yet. I haven't mustered the energy to watch them and that it's my job, right? It's what I'm supposed to do for the show. And I've just been like, eh. So that's, that's the 
that's the only band we we'd have is a backdoor band where I'd just say, eh, and not do it. <laughs> Trust me, uh, I, I've had family members try to go through Black Widow and Shang Chi, and they went like, "What? What the hell is this? Why are we bothering?" Uh, gave up on both of them, in fact, and they have almost no taste sometimes. And um, I actually sat through Hawkeye because I had a free deal with Disney Plus. And I actually got through all of it, and it was even entertaining. But I won't say, yes, you have to go see Disney Plus or have to get on DVD. It was okay. Hell, it's especially, it's a hell of a lot better than some of the crap they've been slinging. But that's not a heavy bar. You know, it, you get to watch Jeremy Renner play Hawkeye, and that's pretty much the most entertaining part of it. And aren't they retiring him now? Isn't that the entire point of the miniseries? Is that's it? That's his swan song. He's out of here. If that's his swan song, they did not emphasize it to any great degree, especially oh, okay. since they could have left him where he was at the end of whatever his last movie was. It's like, yes, I've got my family back. I'm going to retire to my farm. Like, yeah, they keep retiring him to his damn farm. So let him stay there. Damn it. Um, though if it were me and, and I were making <clears throat> more Marvel movies, I'd always have a, a cameo of Hawkeye in, in the latest film. They're just like, <laughs> we need, man, we could really use Hawkeye right now. What's he up to? And then just a smash cut to him, you know, hunting and Working field dressing a, <laughs> or, or like field dressing a deer. He just went out into the wilderness. And, you know, oh, yeah, I, I, I'm keeping up on my archery skills. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So Jeremy Renner would become the new Stanley. Yeah. Hey, he just he'd just be out there in the woods, hunting or on his farm, you know, taking care of his kids or his animals or whatever, and he'd just be like, "Nope, I don't even, you know, I got rid of my phones. I don't want the Avengers calling me." Yeah. Hey, hey I've heard worse suggestions. One of which being, "Hey, let's have Deadpool make a cameo and everything." It's like, no, just please no. Yeah, right. Yeah, Deadpool is one of those characters that will make everything about him. Wait, why are we still talking about this crap? I don't know. Oh, anyway, I've got a new I, book series out. No. <laughs> I was just about to ask. Um, it's so good to catch up. Now, would you mind telling us what's new? Uh, what's new? Um, aside from the sequel series I'm writing and the St. Tommy books, which are still coming out, I've got uh, three books coming out from Tuscany Bay Press. Uh, it's a new publisher for me, anyway. Um, I'm doing you, a space opera. Sorry, go ahead. Didn't you organize a convention? I did not organize a convention. I've been part of uh, Confinement, which is put together by Michael Z. Williamson, or Mad Mike, as his friends call him. At least I think they're his friends. Um he is a Bayan author, and he's been, well, let's just say he's got some particular issues with the way conventions are going at the moment. So he said, screw it, I'll do it myself. And he's on Confinement 3 that's happening down in Tennessee end of February. Uh, I have not organized a convention. Uh, what was I mean, the new convention last year with 70 people? Oh, that was Based Con uh, out in Michigan. Michigan? Yeah, Michigan. And um, that's being run by Rob Crucy, or Crosey, oh, okay. or however you pronounce his name. 
I'm actually working with Rob on a review site called Upstream Reviews. That might be what you're thinking of. Uh, with Upstream Reviews, it's basically, we're going to only review things that are good, and we are only going to review, well, my, I come at it from the point of view of, we either review things that are apolitical or maybe right-leaning. Rob's point of view is, we only review good things, period. So it'll really depend on which one of us you ask. Uh, and if I only reviewed things review that were, if I only reviewed things that were good, I don't think we'd ever do a show. Do you review books? Uh, occasionally, yes. Well, mainly I don't, re I don't review books because I, books are like my thing that I can just do and not have to think about it. I have to have something that I can just do and not have to think about it. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Because as soon as, as soon as you start reviewing something, that every time you're doing that thing, you're always thinking about, you know, taking it apart and what's going on and whether this technical aspect was good in that. And so now that's all my TV and movies that are, uh, every time I watch TV and movies, even if I don't talk about them on the show, that's what I do for all of them. Is ah. this good casting choice? Is this actor doing a good job? And it's really hard just to relax and, you know, ease back into doing it. So now that I'm, uh, now that I'm back to doing lots of reading again, it's, it's, uh, uh, yeah, I just don't want to do reviews for the show. I will say this, however, um, for people who are afraid of jumping into indies, uh, I have been reading a lot of the Mill SF indies. I actually went into the Galaxy's Edge fan group on Facebook and got some suggestions for good Mill SF indies. Um, and so I've read a lot of them. I read CJ Corella's Warp Marines series, uh, which was excellent. Um, and I haven't heard that one get a lot of love. So I'll mention that not necessarily is a review. I'm not going to go into the technical details and stuff, but if you like the new crop of indie uh, mill SF, you know, uh, is it Rich Partlow and uh, Rick Partlow and Richard Fox and uh, Jay Allen and, and all of those uh, guys who publish mainly on Amazon. Um, C.J. Corella's Warp Marines is a, a five-book series. It's finished. It's out. It's it's you know it's done. So you can read the whole thing. You're not waiting for uh, endless sequels. It was uh, it was great. It was uh, a lot of fun. Great action. Uh, I really really enjoyed it. There's some other ones that uh, I also just got a kick out of. I'd have to go back into my Kindle to pull them out but that one i really wanted to to hold up and the galactic politics behind the war were uh really unusual uh in my experience even reading these uh, uh and unusual for science fiction as a whole 
Uh, I've read a lot of sci-fi books over, you know, my life. And uh, I really liked it. It was, it was interesting. It was a great setup. Um, I'll give you a quick setup. Uh, because of an alien race stumbling onto Earth unexpectedly, a different alien race showed up and basically committed near genocide against the planet and catapulted us into galactic society. And so it's 140 years later, and now we're struggling to survive uh, in this dog-eat-dog world of galactic politics, where if you don't keep yourself stronger than your neighbors, they will expand and take over all your colony worlds. Uh, we're basically on the bare edge of survival all the time because we're the new guys on the block and nobody likes us. Um, and the reason why they don't like us is because we went after the species that wiped out most of Earth's population. Once we got strength, we went on a war against them and wiped them out. Because we were establishing, and this is background, this is not in the book. We were establishing the precedent, you know, come after us and we'll go after you. Um, and so it's about the warp marines uh, and the uh, interstellar travel that they have is really, really great. It's got shades of 40K in it um just you know uh so if you like 40k there's uh enough shades of 40k's interstellar travel that uh is worked out in different ways that you'll probably like these um uh, and it was just a great series so i highly recommend it it's written by cj Corella, who uh those of you who are into role-playing games uh up until the early 2000s will recognize him he's he was a game designer and a game writer, uh, very, very, uh, you know, uh, big name in the role-playing game, tabletop role-playing game field. Uh, so I really can't recommend it highly enough and it doesn't get enough uh, love uh, from people. Uh, it just kind of, kind of got overlooked. I don't think, uh, it was his first series that came out as novels when he moved over to writing fiction. Uh, and I don't think people, I think he missed the big wave of uh, indie publishing. I think he was before that wave and so he didn't catch it. Uh, but I would definitely recommend it if, uh, if anybody has a chance to, to catch it. Um, so yeah, I don't do a lot of book reviews because I just like reading books for Mostly enjoyment and also for uh, sometimes for the project. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh, okay. And then, there, of course, there are your books. <laughs> yeah, who well, apparently I... really upset people. <laughs> yeah, I'm still I... trying to figure out how I do that. I have no idea why they that's really so upset weird. some people. Now, I, I'm really... trying to wrap my head around this. What do you mean that upsets people? I've just seen, I mean, obviously, um, you're 
you know, charter members of the Wokeban are going to be uh, upset by anything that isn't as woke as they want it to be. Um, but also some, uh, some of your more anti-woke people get upset. I don't understand why. I've just seen kind of snide comments here and there, and I'm like, I don't buy it. <laughs> I don't think there's anything in Declan's books that, you know, other than pure awesome. I mean, just give people like a one sentence description of, of the first Tommy book. Um, a New York City police detective discovers that he's got the charism, the wonder working abilities of saints. And the same day, they lead him to a possessed serial killer. See, that's just pure awesome. That sounds great. <laughs> it's a great setup. Yeah. yeah. I thought so. It's like, hey, you have a serial killer who can throw cars at you with his mind. It's like, I thought that was just fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So with yeah with the with the Saint Tommy paranormal and yeah what's to dislike what's to what's to find offensive about that sounds like good old-fashioned fun it really is and i guess fun is a dirty word for some people um there are heck what all right well i do label it it is labeled as you know for marketing purposes it's labeled as catholic action horror and some of the best reviews i've gotten have been from protestants going I know they keep saying Catholic, but frankly, this is good for anybody. Uh, mm. And so I'm always happy with those reviews. I don't know. I, I'm Maybe it's, I don't know. Am I getting negative reviews from libertarians? Because, well, depending on the flavor of libertarian, which I'd usually tell, say, yes, of course, I'm a libertarian. I believe that, you know, I'm being left the hell alone. Um, usually... I will get libertarians then telling me that I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe that's it, but that's my. But you, you notice that it's politically motivated or it's from politically inclined people that are upset with you? Um, the one star reviews I've seen, um, well, one, they're mostly illiterate. So that's kind of a hint. But um, I have seen one star reviews that, you know, tried to accuse me of being. Now, it, they didn't accuse me of being a white nationalist. They accused me of being a white nations list. Whoa, that's a serious accusation. Yeah, apparently. And it's all because as a sub-boss, sorry, uh, let's say mini-boss battles, uh, you know, I had the street gang MS-13, who are local to the area, being written about. And, but, you know, I mentioned MS-13. I must be... A Trump supporter, I guess. I don't know. Have you seen oh, these guys? Because because you were using these guys as a, uh, you know, as a foil, and naturally they're a they're a boogeyman to some people, and yeah, other well, people are gonna confuse that with some sort of weird political signaling. Yeah, which is hilarious because I wrote the book before. Um, I wrote the book before that particular State of the Union address because, gee, you know, this local gang, which. 
as a rule, carries rocket-propelled grenades. <laughs> you know, they literally kill people within four miles of my house. And it's like, okay, they're local. I'll throw them into the book. Three months later, State of the Union address, MS-13. It's like, ah, oh, crap, thanks. <laughs> so that, that, that went sideways. But uh, that, yeah, some of it's political uh, for reasons like that. There are some people, I have actually gotten some people who tell me, oh, this is, a, this is how can they say this is anyway Christian? He shoots people. I'm the, the character is a cop who's being shot at. What did you expect him to do? Use stern language? <laughs> yeah. No, there, 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 there is a thread uh, of there is a thread of people who go, oh, all you need to do is have some understanding. It's like this isn't a Hallmark movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. You know. I think Saint Saint Tommy, that should be your next uh up or roadblock for saint tommy next time he's uh at the office he's gonna be pulled aside and given some sensitivity training and some de-escalation training so that he doesn't have to shoot so many monsters yeah well i actually have that in offhand comments in the narration um especially i had i at least said put in one point you know uh i'm from new you know i'm from new york marcus of queensberry is a ben and jerry's flavor um another <laughs> another time was um Yes, you could say many nice things about the Marquis of Queensberry rules, but none of them are in the magisterium or the catechism of the Catholic Church. <laughs> nor, are I, they, you know, nor are they in the Ten Commandments. So, it, it, I'm very fortunate because uh, I'm LDS, and mm -hmm. uh, one of our prominent church members is John Moses Browning. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, one of these days, you and I will have to talk about LDS. Not not here, not here, because we my family had some missionaries come by within the last well, before twenty twenty. And it was an interesting experience. That's the short version. But um yeah, some of the missionaries are interesting. Uh, and anyway, moving right along. But yeah, no, I, I don't get some of the hate. Uh some of the hate just is Okay, what is your first? What are your first principles? Because you're incoherent. Um, I mean, heck, it's gotten to the point where my publisher actually suggested I put in uh, kind of mock warning labels. <laughs> you know, warning: we will act. This book will actually discuss sin. <laughs> okay. Warning: this book will actually contain discussions about evil <laughs> you, you did want to read about a monster crime story right yeah things like that it, it it gets to the point of utter absurdity i'm relatively certain we're past that point although i did i i, I they're all smart ass because i just write right in you know warning this book will have you know politicians and other monsters you know that sort of thing Oh, I had some poor guy. I mean, I kind of felt sorry for him because he clearly had followed me without knowing what he was doing. But he just kept on like responding to several of my posts saying, you know, you should take this down. This girl needs to cover up. And I'm like, 
you clearly have not been around here very. <laughs> Daddy okay. Warpig, come for the ranch, stay for the cheesecake. Come on, man. You know what you're getting into. <laughs> <clears throat> so, no, I get what you're saying. It's like, look, this, it just is what it is. You, this is, it's like you're reading a murder mystery. You know what's going to happen right at the beginning? Somebody gonna die. It's oh, a yeah. murder mystery. <laughs> I mean, you know that, right? You know that's part of it. It's like picking up a fantasy novel and being offended these magic. <laughs> it's it's a fantasy novel. Magic happens. If you think that's satanic, which is your choice, that's fine. I'm not gonna, you know, that's your choice. You know, live your life. If that's part of your values, then that's part of your values. But just, it's fantasy. Don't be surprised when there's magic. Yeah, I'd like to say that, yes, the world is getting crazier, but how could you tell? I went and saw this Fast and Furious movie, and they were driving all reckless like. (laughs) I'm offended. Yeah, uh, 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 yeah, no, that, that's all I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, so I think, I think it's about time I ask about uh, the new one. How is this new one, uh, White Ops? What's this about and how is it going to make me mad and offend me? Well, it's only going to make you mad if you don't like space opera. Uh, I, I, I'd like, you know. With my quote-unquote elevator pitch, it's, well, imagine if Babylon 5 or Deep Space Nine were written by Bayon. You know, be, be it John Ringo or David Weber or, you know, one of the others. And, you know, it's, you got spec ops guys, you got boots on the ground guys who are actually doing the dirty work, and you've got grand strategy on the other end. And it even starts, the opening... 20% of the book is basically a prologue and set up for everything that happens, and it's a massive 10-year interstellar war that probably could have been its own book, but I was talked out of it by the publisher um, because it's all just set up where the opening premise is, well, gee whiz, we've got uh, a bunch of up back, you know, I don't want to say backwoods aliens, but uh, aliens who are on the lower tier of interstellar space travel. They're more of an annoyance than anything else. And then almost overnight, they have a Interstellar kobolds. Sure, that works. And then imagine that overnight, they're upgraded to interstellar balrogs. (laughs) Something happened in the middle. And the, you know, when there are like two or three options, the first one they consider is, all right, they found this technology, they reverse engineered this technology, and now they're swinging it around like a blunt force weapon. Or on the other hand, the worst case scenario, somebody gave them this technology. And if they gave them this technology, well, 
if you're nobody's just handing out tech like this unless they're doing massive arms sales and nothing like this is on the market so if somebody's just giving away tech like this uh they're probably not giving away their best toys you know uh hey back in the back in colonial back in the colonial days of the 1800s the british would give out you know muskets to the locals that were working for them and the british themselves held on to rifles and maxim guns so if the these aliens have been so upgraded who's behind them and what do their version of the maxim gun look like hmm. and the premise is following this one team of white ops because they're fighting for the army of light uh, and all of their deeds are tech are completely virtuous you still have to do them in the shadows because you don't want whoever is behind all this to realize that you're onto them. It, you know, so you've got white ops trying to hit whatever targets come up while the rest of the universe is very quietly trying to get ready for the next war. Mm. So, yeah, intergalactic or interstellar anyway, interstellar black ops oh yeah and it, they're basically working at they're basically a subsection of uh interstellar paladins or knights templars whichever metaphor you want whatever analogy you want to use and these are e even the interstellar paladins are fairly badass individually we just you know we just collect the most badass and stick them into one group and Watch them play well with nuclear weapons. I sounds like a setup for a lot of explosions and fun. Oh yeah, uh -oh. I, I I shoot. I've always operated under, I believe it was Chandler. It was either Chandler or Mickey Spillane's writing advice of whenever things get slow, send in somebody through the door with a machine gun. Yeah, send in the ninjas. Oh yeah, <laughs> and in this case, the ninjas are armed with blasters uh i haven't found out a way to uh throw in lightsabers yet uh, i've kept that into the, my fantasy books mainly because i am not a physicist i cannot imagine how you would put together a lightsaber i'm told there are people who have actually done such a thing if you don't mind carrying around 50 pounds worth of technology <laughs> yeah but uh although i do have one alien race that have swords literally made of fire. So that's as close as I'm getting. Works for me. Um, so one of the things that uh, I have some questions about sort of the setting and the premise. Mm -hmm. the, this white ops group, are they all, is it a variety of different aliens working together? Uh, or is uh, are they all human or? Yeah, it's half and half. Um, I developed a species called the Renar, which it's like, what happened? You know, yes, it's language. What would happen if uh, Tolkien had an accident with uh, J. Michael Straczynski? Um, and half of them are Renar, which they're an alien race, which I designed around the four part late medieval caste system, uh, you know, where they have merchants, peasants, soldiers, and priests. And, you know, I, I have some 
interesting inter-alien conflict, let's say it's local politics or cultural politics, where, you know, I've got one guy who used to be part of the soldiers and in order to stay in these paladins, we stay with the paladins, had to switch to the religious and become a priest. So he's a, a priest who carries more guns than one would think of when you think of priests. Um, an engineer who's built like a stereotyped Italian garage mechanic. You know, he built five by five and keep the hell out of his engine room. Um, I did not give him a Scottish accent because he's not a space dwarf, not yet anyway. Uh, and I've got one medic who grew up being in the priestly caste. So, and those are just the aliens um, on that are on the team. And there are multiple other aliens that they have to work with along the way just to get things done. So, um, and we've got for the... Uh, Humans, you've got one Earth soldier, Air Force pilot, who is trying to figure out why are all these people so crazy. Uh, she's a little uptight, comparatively. <laughs> um, you know, I've got one guy with an IQ of 200. Unfortunately, all right, I wrote the guy, I wrote these books in 1998. Unfortunately... Now the guy with the 200 IQ in my head, he always sounds like Benedict Cumberbatch doing Sherlock. You know, it's like, well, what is it like all in your funny little brains? It's like, oh, shut up now. Uh, and uh, <laughs> the leader of the group, um, I, I, I describe him as he used to do this sort of thing. He used to fix problems for fun and profit. Then the war happened. Now he just does it for fun. So... He, he, he's got a colorful mentality about such things. Uh, that's, that's quite a cast of characters. I, something occurred to me while, while thinking about them is, okay, let's say you've got like a intergalactic or interstellar problems that need solved. And these, these problems happen in all sorts of ships and uh, planets and things like that. So, what makes this group of people, these characters, ideal for these sorts of white ops? Um, and in the context that I mean that in is, let's say I had something that needed to be done on Earth. Well, I think, I think if I wanted to get stuff done on Earth, I would use the best Earthlings because, you know, it's their home turf. So what makes these guys qualified to go all over the galaxy and ply their trade, if you will? Um, well, they're all highly adept at stealth. Uh, there is actually a sequence, a long sequence on Earth in book two. And a lot of that is basically, yes, all, every last one of us is being hunted. And it all has to be uh, covert and stealth action. Otherwise, we're just going to die. And that goes for the humans as well as the aliens. And... They're qualified mainly because they have the right mindset for everything. Uh, one is duty-bound and focused. Uh, one is a bit of a berserker. Uh, one is slightly crazy. Because <laughs> he will 
take personal risks in order to make sure everybody else gets out okay and the mission gets done and he's fairly careless about his own uh, his own personal safety um to to steal a line from back in the day yes his soul is prepared how is yours mm. that sounds like fun i like him <laughs> yes and for for I, I forget originally why he was you know irish uh when i started writing him he still is and i don't know it might just be that he's got the right bit of crazy going on in his head that you know it the brogue just came with it uh, <laughs> uh although he's one of those where he will the accent comes and goes depending on how much he wants to annoy people you know like oh, and sure isn't this all a grand fine day it's like oh shut up will you <laughs> yeah i'm i'm very familiar with being of irish descent yes <laughs> <laughs> that's that's cool yeah and uh, the first book is a lot of setup a lot of world building at least with at least three different missions that one blows up a good chunk of the planet uh one goes through a war zone that looks like poland 1944 that's the closest analogy i can give you and uh the last shootout is basically yes we're going through the bad part of the space station and everyone here is trying to kill us so it, it, it's i'm not even sure i can give you the the proper analogy the proper tone for that one um unless of course you want to go for the climax of a movie only it's about 50 to 60 pages non-stop oh i'm gonna put you on the spot here again declan um do you have a little portion or or snippet of the book that you think we'd like to hear could you read some of it uh hmm yeah i could i don't know why you'd want to listen to me for that long um <laughs> but uh i'm sure i can come up with something for you oh i didn't i didn't mean to put you on the spot right here on the show oh okay you ahead of time <laughs> well um if you're asking it can i point you to someplace in particular no i can't uh if you want me to do this right this moment i can <laughs> <laughs> It's up to you. Uh, sure. Yeah, sure. I, I, this is what? One, two and a half pages. I'll try to be quick about it. Hmm. Uh, chapter two, third contact. June 21, 2338. On board the United Earth ship Pandora. Motto, we will open up a box of chaos on you. Of all the elements of the universe, hydrogen, oxygen, light, the most common of these is not found in asteroids or stars or is even quantifiable by science. It is, sadly enough, stupidity. For example, the late unlamented fleet captain Horace Palmer of the Third United Earth Carrier Group. On paper, he was a solid example for officers everywhere, but paper was the only place he had ever truly served. 
while not quite living up to the full potential of the proverbial Admiral of the Queen's Navy, gaining rank for making certain that the brass was sufficiently polished and the paperwork was filed properly and in a timely modder, manner, his was the very modern equivalent. Palmer had taken to hobnobbing with the right politicians, even when they had been classmates at the academy. He knew enough to act as a toady for his fellow rich plebes who would go into politics one day. He knew to keep his nose clean, collect underlings who knew better than he did, and take all the credit he could in a peacetime navy. While this seemed like a bit of genius, it was there that his intellect ended. This is primarily evidenced by his actions during the first contact with the Pharmacoi expansionary fleet at 0900 hours on June 19th. First, Palmer collected all of the captains in his carrier group and their executive officers. This was not terribly unusual for Palmer, but against all sane procedure in the entire fleet. It wasn't a written rule, since no one needed to write down, never put all your eggs in one basket. It had been well known that Palmer liked to preen, but as many of the officers muttered to each other on the way over to his ship, the Pandora, this was insane. During the meeting, there were ships inbound. The dozen ships were in attack formation, a flying wedge. Gun ports were open. It was a clear approach for an, it was a clear attack vector. The carrier group had been sent out to find out what had happened to two smaller expeditions. Even Palmer came to a quick conclusion about what had happened to the last two expeditions. The open channel from the meeting heard him quipping that this was third contact. Of course, from this precision, the attack pattern looked insane. The attack pattern was clear and obvious, even though there were no missile ports, only laser batteries. Everyone knew that energy weapons worked only so far, and thus Palmer knew that the Pandora was well out of range of the enemy's lasers. Palmer's second mistake was to assume that everyone's knowledge of limitations of lasers included the approaching enemy. The third example of Palmer's brilliance in the realm of abject incompetence was his next idea. With all of his captains around him, Palmer decided to not move his ship back into formation with everyone else. He didn't send any of the cap captains or their executive officers back to their vessels. It was his time to show decisiveness in a crisis situation. He ordered all of the missile batteries of the Pandora to open fire. 90 seconds later, Fleet Captain Palmer, the Pandora, and every captain in the carrier group was dead. That's an inauspicious start. <laughs> well, it let's just say that it's an auspicious start for the next guy in the chain of command, <laughs> <laughs> who will be one of the characters we follow throughout the book. Oh, cool. Interstellar War. Well, that's cool. Thanks for, for so much for sharing some of that uh, with us, Declan. We are coming up on time in just a few minutes. Wanted to know if DW had any other questions or anything. Uh, he, he might have bad audio. There he is. Oh. Why are people crazy? I know that's not a pertinent question. But I was, I was, I'm not sure that's on topic, but... Uh, the answer to that question would be another show. <laughs> <laughs> a whole other show. Why are people crazy? I think we've got 
we've had people studying that question for as long as there have been people. Yeah. Hey, uh, I, I, I forget the name of this precise uh, quote-unquote hip-hop artist, but uh, it's one of the few I found that were tolerable. And his one of his recent songs is called Why Are You All So Stupid? <laughs> and pretty much in the same tone as Daddy Warpig just asked, why, are, why is everyone so crazy? <laughs> why are wow. precursor races crazy? From Fiona Wolf in the comments. Uh, precursor. Um, sorry, you say precursor. I think, wait, are those the forerunners from Halo? Well, they're from lots and lots and lots of different sci-fi series. They give them lots and lots of different names. I mean, Star Trek had one that showed up in a episode uh, where they were trying to gather the little genetic pieces to uh, get the message from the forerunners and then, uh, or precursors or uh, whatever. There's, it's, it's a very common science fiction trope. Uh, oh yeah, like the, the ancient, the civilization. ancient civilization, yeah, rise and fell billions of years ago, so on yeah. and so forth. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. And they were the ones that were uh, the excuse for Star Trek to have random Earth civilizations all over the universe, all over the universe. Yep, and uh, in uh, they they also frequently show up because they showed up in old sci-fi stories. Uh, they also show up a lot in um, in your uh, tabletop RPGs for science fiction. You know, quite frequently they're the ones who left behind whatever faster than light drive uh, your uh, setting will have uh, is because they've been uh, salvaged from precursor tech. Yeah. Forlons or prophets or again, right. forerunners, that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, you want to discuss literary tropes? I'm. Uh, <laughs> I'm not saying I'm walking uh, TV tropes, but I I have a pretty good base of knowledge on that. I can't answer any of those questions. I'm no good. I okay. mean, at that. Well, hey, come on. E even Lovecraft, Please. to some extent, it's similar tropes, only his were arcane, eldritch mysteries. It's like, it's still the same premise, only it's in outer space, and just instead of something demonic or outside-ish did it, it's just, oh yeah, th these were just aliens long time ago in a galaxy far, far away who we can't find any sign of now. Well, even like um, Arthur C. Clarke, his <laughs> explanation for the monoliths in that showed up in 2001 and 2010 turns out to be, uh, you know, precursors. Uh, when yep. you end up at 3001... Uh, how, uh, or not, not how, um, an alien race seeded humans on earth and have been guiding us ever since, if I recall correctly. It, well, they have all these, you know, 
all these transhumanist things where all these previous races have gone from being organic beings to uh, putting their consciousness into big robotic vessels and then even starships and then encoding <laughs> their mind into the very fabric of space itself and and then just going on and the monoliths were their creation. Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's not a an unusual hypothesis. Boy, I bet Fiona Wolf didn't expect us to analyze his comment to death. <laughs> he did that on the wrong show, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Heck, we're just getting started, but we're kind of running out of time, I think. We are out of time, yeah. We just got warmed up and it's time to shut down. What a pity. <laughs> Everybody uses that trope for sure. Um, but Fiona Wolf insists what do you guys think i know you guys are like this she wants more superversive tropes heroes get the girl win the day avoid pyrrhic victories hooray i may be reading the wrong books people don't do that <laughs> you're reading the right books okay good because like I, I i'm sorry it's like okay fine read everything by Declan finn that's pretty much what you get yeah, now that's an Judd Goswick in the chat points out Star Control, Traveler, and Mass Effect all have precursors. Mm. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, th I think we are about out of time. Any last thoughts from you, Declan? No, I just want to thank you for having me on the show. It's been fun. And we should I should probably ask to come on more often because it is so much fun being here. Oh, glad to have you. And uh, we'll make sure link to White Ops, uh, your new book, is in the show notes after the show. We are a couple of wild and crazy guys. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say good night. Good day, good night, whatever, for the good week. One. Good afternoon. Uh, that's most accurate. Be well. Uh, it's, it was great to have you on. Thanks for joining us uh, again today, Declan. Thanks for having and, me. Uh, Happy to chat with everybody in the chat. Uh, it was a good, lively chat. Good to have you guys here uh, for another Saturday. Um, and special thanks to my co-host, Daddy Warpig, inimitable as always. I'm signing off for today. Take it away. All right. All right, folks. Thanks for tuning in and listening live and uh, participating in the awesome chat with the, of course, awesome people who listen to the show. We uh, appreciate Declan coming on the show. And talking about his book, I was literally, literally last night sitting down and thinking, what the hell are we going to do for tomorrow's show? I haven't watched anything. I mean, I guess I could talk about the games I started to play when I got my console back. Oh, yeah, by the way, I got my console back. And then I thought, but I haven't even finished any of them. So what the heck am I going to talk about? And then John messed me and said, hey, how do I get a hold of Declan? I thought, oh, yeah. He's supposed to be on the show tomorrow. <laughs> so, you know, big thanks to Declan for saving me from what could have been a long and embarrassing silence on the show today. Um, good luck on his uh, book launch, which is in two days. Am I right? Uh, comes out Tuesday. Tuesday. There you go, folks. Uh, check it out. Um, buy it. Read it. Love it. Um, thanks, everyone, who will be listening later. Uh, we are here. Uh, just about every week on 
just about the same time, uh, you can get this show, of course, on youtube.com slash geekgab. That's youtube.com slash geekgab. Or you can check us out on soundcloud.com, the Google Play Store, or the Apple iTunes Store to download and enjoy on the device of your choice. We are signing out for today, but don't you worry. Don't you fret. We will be back.